Hello and welcome to Walk the Cinema Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about our first anime movie, Your Name, and we have appropriate guests in Anime Shin, but I'm going to let them present themselves after a word from our sponsor. So, Anime Shin, you guys came up with the movie, and first introduce yourselves. Tell us where we can find you. I'm Merv, part of Anime Shin, one half, and this is my buddy Blake. Hello, I'm Blake. And you can find us, uh, the easiest place is probably to go to our link tree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash animation. And it's just anime, S-H-I-N, which is a Japanese word that means new because I am new to anime myself, though I've been watching it now for six months since we've been doing this podcast. So I'm basically a veteran at this point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that gimmick's going to work much longer right? as far as... I'm new to anime. I've only watched 40 shows now. <laughs> yeah, we're probably going to have to well, figure but a way I'm around dumb. that. I'm dumb. So it just, so it's... We'll go with that. We'll go with that. <laughs> I'm also dumb, so it doesn't help. If you want to listen to a podcast or watch videos of two dumb guys talking about anime, we're the ones for you. Mm -hmm. So like Merv said, you can find us on Linktree. I don't remember if he said what the address was. Uh, if he didn't, I'm sure he will. I did. Okay, he did? Okay, cool. Shows, see? Like mm -hmm. I said, we're done. <laughs> um, or you can go to YouTube, animation, one word, A-N-I-M-E-S-H-I-N, and look for the purple-haired anime character. Because YouTube is terrible, even though you type in our exact channel name, you'll probably still have to scroll through like two pages of stuff yeah. to find it. But look for the purple hair anime character that merv drew because he's an artist and that's us we'll have the link tree in the description in every platform so that makes it easier just click on it give him a follow and a listen we're also not super versed in anime mm -hmm. but good you know i mostly watch anime movies sometimes mostly studio ghibli i had seen this before we watched it again for the episode and this is a very well-liked movie. Did any of you know why? Because I, I like it, but I don't get why it's so loved. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Mm. I liked it quite a bit. And I think the reason it's 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 well-received is because it's very accessible. A lot of anime, and if you guys haven't watched a lot, like Studio Ghibli is the same thing. Very mm -hmm. accessible anime. There's not really weird designs or characters whose heads turn giant and eyes disappear and weird things like that. It's just kind of a straightforward movie that happens to be animated. Yeah. And I think the story is cute and it's emotional. And I think that's what draws a lot of people in. So we were watching, I was watching it with my wife the other night and it got to the end and the credits started to roll. And she's like, I really liked that did you like that? And I didn't say anything for a minute. And she's like, are you asleep? And I'm like, no, I'm not asleep. And I'm not crying either. So I think that's part of it too, is it's a, you know, it's an endearing story. It's a cute story about, you know, a boy and a girl, boy meets girl in a very strange way. Boy wants to be with girl. They can't be together. And then at the end stuff happens. I won't, I guess we'll probably have to spoil it they get together. So yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, part of the charm of the, of the movie as well. And like Merv said, it's, it's accessible. So if you put in Akira or Akira, mm -hmm. depending 
uh, as your first anime movie, you're gonna be like, anime, this is weird. Tentacle yeah. monsters and you know, little dancing very bears. Strange. Yeah. Um, but you put this in, and you're like, oh, that makes sense. I get that. Yeah, that's true. It's From a lot more accessible than Akira. It's not. It's still sci-fi, but it's not you know robots and monsters and all that. It's still very human. Right. Probably could have used yeah. Giant Max. <laughs> I'd say at its core, it seems kind of like a tragic, in a way, love story, you know, where they're separated by not only space, but time, you know, you don't find out, you kind of find that out as the movie progresses, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a... You're exactly right. And that's one of the things, the kind of deep cuts, if you want to know, or if you are trying to think of why people really like it is... It's an archetypal plot. We've seen this body switch plot. Should we say what it's about? Do we say what it's about? Yeah, we can spoil it. We we never hold back. So. Yeah, but you can go ahead and like describe what the movie is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got this. So basically, you've got two high schoolers, one girl, one boy. And just like Freaky Friday or any of the other films similar to that, they wake up and they keep noticing that they're dreaming Well, they don't wake up. They keep noticing that they're dreaming that they're in each other's bodies. So the boy wakes up, looks down, notices his chest is a little bit different, starts feeling around with that. And oh my goodness, I'm not me. At first they think it's a dream. And then stuff happens when they switch back. They realize it's real. So they start sending messages to each other back and forth to communicate. Hey, don't mess up my life when you're in my body don't do this, do that. They start messaging back and forth. And through that, through experiencing each other's lives and families and messaging back and forth, they start to form a bond. All of this is connected to a comet that is going through the sky. And when the comet finishes going through the sky, they are no longer automatically switching bodies. So uh, the young, the boy finds a way to switch back and then they find out that they're three years apart and then they're trying to find each other and they keep missing each other and for some reason they forget what town they were in when they were switching bodies and all this crazy stuff and it gets very muddled in the in the middle and I'd like to talk about that um, a little bit later but it gets very strange in the middle Mm -hmm. and kind of confusing and then towards the end it all comes together they find each other they pass each other on the street and they're like, uh, but they've forgotten at this point. I don't know. I don't know. And then they say hi. And then they say, what's your name? And then their boyfriend, girlfriend in love forever. <laughs> yeah. They've forgotten, but they have this kind of bond that I guess it's represented by the red cord that she braids. That's kind of a Japanese tradition. I, I did like the story and I know you did too, mm-hmm. yeah. but I think the execution is a little messy sometimes. And I heard the director himself say that this isn't fully finished. So that's why I don't understand why it's like so highly rated and it's like in the top 100, top 250 lists. Because it does feel messy and unfinished sometimes. Yeah, there is definitely some some cloudy elements. But one of the things that makes it accessible is that it has this archetypal plot of this swap, body swap, which we've seen a bunch of times before, like Freaky Friday. I can't remember all the different ones. But this throws a little twist on it where it pulls the characters apart. Usually it's, I think Freaky Friday is like a mother-daughter. 
it's usually like two people that know each other really well. And then you get the these dual fish out of water stories happening simultaneously. And that's where all the humor is derived. Mm-hmm. But this takes that archetypal plot and kind of makes it two strangers. One's a city, a guy that lives in the city and one's a girl that lives in the country. And so they, we still get the fish out of water stuff, but there's a kind of a mystery element. And I think that makes it just really accessible for people because it's kind of familiar. Oh, I've seen this body swapping thing, but it has this interesting twist that gets people, people watching it, even though the middle, I think we all agree does get a little muddled. I don't know if there was something in the transit transition uh, translation. I feel like there might be a, a purpose for that, but first if you're old, like Merv and I are, this movie is very trading places with, that's a movie with Eddie Murphy, right? right. It's very that mm-hmm. versus Freaky Friday where there are more strangers. But you might have even heard it in my explanation of the movie. It started off very succinct. And then as I started getting going, even I couldn't explain it really right. well. Yeah. But I think that's intentional because I think it puts us in the position of the characters. So at first, it's very clear. You got a boy, you've got a girl. They're switching places. At first, they think it's a dream. Then they find out it's real. Then they start forging a bond. But as they try to come together and as they realize that when they wake up from, you know, being in each other's bodies, they start to forget things. Then it gets really confusing until the end when they're trying to save. And I, I don't want to go too much into it, but they're, they're trying to save the girl's village and all these other things. And, and that at that point, it gets very clear the mission is clear what they need to do. They need to get the villagers out of the blast area of the meteor destroying her village. It gets real, real clear. And then even them finding themselves at the end or finding each other at the end gets real clear. Mm-hmm. And I think that's intentional because we're going on the same journey that the characters are. It makes sense at the beginning. We can figure out what's going on in the middle. We have no clue what's going on at the end. It comes together. That's my thought. Yeah, I think that's true. The middle is supposed to be kind of that transition that's cloudy for everyone, including the, us watching. But I don't know. There's a lot of elements that, like, they don't know they're three years apart, even though they switched so many times that they never yes. looked at a calendar. Yep. And they're always on their phone. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'd say that they're, they're, they're like the, the, the rules of the universe are kind of like a little muddled in the movie itself, which I think that maybe is what the director is alluding to to like not the polished feeling Mm -hmm. but i mean to me it doesn't it didn't take away from the movie at all i still would like i still enjoyed it a lot i enjoyed it but it took away some and i don't mind plot holes but like that's kind of the whole plot but damn right in in fairness i have no idea what year (laughs) it is right now true (laughs) (laughs) but i i thought the same thing as you did where they wake up in each other's bodies and somehow they're able to find their way to school. Mm -hmm. Like one, how do they find the school? Mm -hmm. Somehow they do this, but then they go to school as each other, but at no time at all during school, do they talk about what date and what year it is, (laughs) which seems highly unlikely to me that that would not occur in the supposed days, weeks, whatever, where they're in each other's bodies. Like, at some point, there would be a calendar somewhere or an assignment with a date on it. Also, the, the location in general, he doesn't really know where it is. Yeah. He just remembers it visually. But that may, might be part of him forgetting her. I'm not sure. Yeah, but the other thing that I thought was weird that like he <laughs> forgot about or didn't 
think about is like she tells him about the meteor that's going to pass over the town and mm. like i feel in his, in his timeline the meteor has already killed a whole entire village which i think would have been a pretty big <sighs> instance of this hist- of the, of the <laughs> of the city's mm-hmm. history so i mean that's yeah, also the, the a thing just <laughs> Yeah, that's one of those things that gets messy, though, when you're talking about time travel, because it's possible because they do stop the meteor that in his timeline, it actually never did hit. That's true. So it that's is why he messy. doesn't remember. Well, but at the same time, yeah, time, time travel is always messy Yeah. for it. Yeah. But his schoolmates remember the meteor. But to your point, Kate, he had to he had to research to both your points he had to research the town and figure out where it is with the drawing so he's able to draw it but not know what it is mm-hmm. and yeah i would agree if it, in his timeline regardless at that moment because he hadn't stopped it yet the meteor still hit because he does the research and figures yeah, that out yeah. how would if a meteor hit you know on the other two hours away from where merv and i live I'm sure we would know yeah. or remember that that happened. To <laughs> I but I mean, he, he is a teenage boy, so maybe that's that's the uh, the reasoning behind it. He doesn't pay attention to the news. <laughs> doesn't have time. That's true. He was probably like 11 when it happened or 12. Yeah, something like that. I don't actually know their um, ages. I think you never do. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's the High thing school. I've learned the most about anime. You <laughs> yeah. never know their ages. It feels like they're 40. And then they're like, well, I got a test tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, test, you're 40. It's always high schoolers, and they always act like they're 30, between 30 and 40 years old. It's it's pretty but That's cool. not but even that's an anime. To... That's a Japanese thing in general. I've seen a lot of live action that does the same. Most of their True. horror movies, yeah. that just they have this trope of killing high schoolers, like Battle Royale. And yeah. it's, they're always yeah. high schoolers, kind of. They never say much about their age they're very smart when it comes to making a lot of money with their entertainment so they know what audience to go after so and merv's better at explaining this than i am but you want your characters why don't you explain merv (laughs) you want your characters to be older than your target you want your character to be slightly older than your target audience so um i had a, a a novel shopped that was a ya novel and i had to lower the age of the characters because when you're shopping for middle grade, you want your characters to be 13, 14, because that's the next step. So that's what the middle grade audience is looking for, and so on and so forth, kind of up until about 18. And then beyond 18, it doesn't really matter. But mm. so what anime does is they kind of aim YA a lot of times. Like this, this in America would be a YA, because there's not a lot of violence. There's not gore or sexuality. But there is, uh, young, but there, and there's young people in it, so uh, it would be marketed YA. Anime breaks everything down into way more categories. I feel like than uh, we do over here, but that's why I think they kind of leave it always vague because then you hit a broader audience. That's a very good point. But usually, it's like high school and young adult that they're made for, even if it has mature themes. You know, even in Akira that we've talked That's about, true. they're young kids, right? Even though it's very violent and very adult. They're young kids saving so. the world and fighting each other. Yeah. Kind of like Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Very, very much Ash so. Ash Ketchum is like 10. 
Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> they just give him a little I love monster. the little sister. In this. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. She says the best stuff. My favorite line, and I don't know. Did you watch the dub or the, the subtitle so, one? Did you? Okay, we watch, we're... This is the one part where we kind of break from <laughs> we're big anime people and you have to watch the sub or you're not a real anime fan. I don't agree with that at all. We watch the dub whenever we can find a dub. Mm-hmm. And the sister says all kinds of crazy stuff. She says buttload mm-hmm. at one point, which she's like a nine-year-old talking about buttload. She's always running in on the um, when the boy takes over the girl's body, <laughs> you know, is doing a, adult things with himself. Um, yeah, she was great. In the I show. thought a lot of the humor landed for me. And sometimes it's yeah. very mm-hmm. hit or miss uh, with anime and especially the like kind of cutesy humor uh, from like a romance anime. But a lot of the humor in this one really landed for me. And especially, I mean, it's all the fish out of water stuff. The uh, girl being in the boy's body and being in the big city and being always confused and, and baffled by the big city and Mm-hmm. The boy being in the girl's body and the he wasn't really baffled by the country, but he was baffled by being in a girl's body. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a teenage boy. She just yeah. wants to go to cafes and take pictures of the food and he fondles himself. That's yeah. the difference. <laughs> yeah. That's a very succinct uh, definition of the whole movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also um really liked the more sentimental parts of the movie, especially when the the boy is in the girl's body and he goes with the grandmother and the sister to the shrine and you know he has like a very emotional response to it and Mm -hmm. yeah i liked how it can have those moments of being a little like goofy but then also have something that's kind of meaningful you know yeah it's pretty serious when it does the drama it was kind of nice to see that it, it played with the he's the big city guy he has a job in a cafe his life is like 100 <laughs> miles an hour and mm-hmm. then to mix that with that traditional here's some country people going to a shrine to do a ritual that they have to walk 10 miles to get to and and do his special rites that he is completely unfamiliar with they did a really nice uh, job with that and then that played into the end where he had to go back to that and get the alcohol that came from the rice that she had chewed up mm-hmm. and spit yeah. out and fermented. <laughs> and that's what kind of triggered um, him to be able to go back. Uh, yeah, that was, that was, I like the sentimentality of it as well. It's very good. Anime does, and Merv's real good at explaining what charges are in story and all that. So I'll defer to him, but <laughs> anime is really good at handling charges. So, funny to sad to serious to goofy and it all can happen in a blink of an eye and i think it's something that people should really consider if you're like oh wow well anime is just cartoons Mm -hmm. it's it's really good storytelling if you find the right one so um, and i think this is a pretty good example of that Maybe not the best example, but a pretty good example of that. Yeah, anime gets a bad rep sometimes, but you're you're right. There's so much variety, too, out there. I really like Doraemon, in particular. He's a little little blue cat. Yeah, I've only seen the... I know the cat. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That one's really good. He has, like, no ears, right? I think he has a little tiny ones. 
He's just a cat that has a magic pocket, and that's, like, really goofy and cute, but then there's, like, the other side of the spectrum with the Neon, Genesis, Evangelion, Mm. and Akira, which are very serious and, like, apocalyptic, even though they're still teenagers. But there's a lot of story to be told, and the good ones you can find dubbed, which is good for people that don't like to read. Which I completely understand. My secret technique is I often watch the the dub with subtitles on. Yeah, I, I'll do it too. Because I can't, the names, complete, <laughs> yeah. I lose them completely. Half the comedy from our shows is Merv trying to say the name and then I'm correcting him. And <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's funny. funny every single time. <laughs> because it happens every time. <laughs> And what's also is kind of interesting is we've talked about Akira, or if you're a purist, Akira, a bunch today. I don't even like Akira. Right. That I much. do. I think it's okay. Merv really yeah. likes it. So, yeah. If you're interested in our take on that, we've got a episode on it. At least I think we put that one out. <laughs> <laughs> That's not in the two minute stack. Spoiler, I didn't like it. Merv really I did, did like it. I feel like we've had some of those before. Was, was the was Lupin a is Lupin considered an anime? Yeah, Lupin's an okay. anime. It's, it's from the guy that created Studio Ghibli. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Again, I'm not. I've only seen maybe a handful of animes, so I'm not sure what's like the criteria most of the time. Mm-hmm. But what yeah, would be your favorite one, Kate? Um, I mean, it'd probably be a Studio Ghibli one. Um. I like Howl's Moving Castle a lot. You like My Neighbor Totoro? We got an episode yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> yep, we do. I really liked that one, but he didn't like it that much. No, I liked it. I just think a lot of anime movies, especially Ghibli, are held to such a high esteem mm. that yeah. they're good movies, yeah. but sometimes they don't deserve to be called, you know, the best movies of all time. Mm. But they do. I think That's anime fair. has a really right. strong fan base that defends their stuff. And that's what I like this movie. We we on the show we rate it and I give it a seven out of ten, which is still pretty high, but it's nowhere near, you know, the yeah. consensus. Right. Now when you're G when you're seeing lists, are you seeing top anime movie lists or are you seeing top whatever? Top movies in general. Anything? Like we we use Letterbox okay. a lot. Yeah, that's interesting. Letterbox is one of, you know, the platforms we like. I write reviews and find new movies there, but Studio Ghibli has like tw- 15 movies in the top 250 of all time, which is a yeah. lot. Yeah. And it's just. Well, I think know. they get Disney cred as well. You know, kind of like a Disney True. movie's going to, whether it's great or good, it, it's Disney, so it's going to be amazing. Well, a lot of people it see it. So you get a lot of, especially on aggregate sites, you get a lot of people reviewing, and that can sometimes mm-hmm. sway the numbers. Yeah. Uh, almost everyone sees the studio. Uh, Ghibli stuff so people say so when people hear anime that's their first My Neighbor Totoro right. or uh, Princess Mononoke or one of those are their first even before I Blake made me watch a bunch of anime I had seen a, a handful of those spirited away in Princess Mononoke and the reason I asked is because in general in my opinion okay the movies are not as good as the shows. Okay. The good movies are not as good as the good shows, I guess would be a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. 
So in the to me the the best movies are usually attached to an anime show. So I was gonna ask I what kind of movies like Kate or G in general, what kind of movies do you gravitate to? What kind of movies do you give good reviews to? I know Kate likes this one. I have the record on the wall right here, Labyrinth. I love Labyrinth. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I got the yeah. LP hanging right there on the wall. Yes. I'm very much like the I like more I guess I am more kind of like the romantic type movies or, you know, my my favorite okay. ones that I've had or my favorite ones that I grew up with were, you know, Princess Bride, uh, The Labyrinth. Excellent movie. Um, Excellent movie. Uh, Beauty and the Beast was a big one, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and then yeah. I don't know, even like the more recent ones I uh, that I've kind of gravitated towards um like i've been really into moulin rouge mm. like that one's kind of a tragic love <laughs> okay. story <laughs> and yeah, uh cold fair. war that one's a that one's a big one for me okay we've been watching the works of fellini and those are kind of romantic in a way sometimes they're more tragic yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> neorealism tends to do that interesting definition of romance <laughs> All right, so I'm getting a good handle on it. Yeah. So, G, what about you? What do you gravitate towards? I don't know. I just kind of go on like discovering sprees where I try to find mm-hmm. new directors and new countries and just new concepts I never heard of. Yeah. So, in the past month, what's been your favorite movie that you've watched? Let's let's do it that way. Favorite movie that I watched for the first time was probably Stalker by Andrei Tarkovsky. Okay. Favorite movie I never heard of it or watched <laughs> it. But what's it. What kind of movie is it? Well, it's it's a three hour contemplation on life to mm. poetic imagery and. Yeah. It's kind of like the, I guess it was kind of a critique on Russian life during the Soviet area yeah. era. To a certain extent, yeah, he wasn't fully on that. It was it was mostly on life in general yeah. as a human. Okay, so I'm gonna make a couple of recommendations. Okay. <laughs> Kate, the anime that you should watch. It's one season. It's like 12 episodes. I think each episode is like 12 minutes. The one you are you should watch is called Erased, and we have not done a show on this yet, but it's called Erased. Um, I will look it and up. And it it's adorable <laughs> and also heartwarming but also scary at times so i think that's one that you would like and then g i would recommend for you um one called 86 86 uh, okay. and it's um it's kind of a discussion on you know humanity and uh i don't want to give too much away but basically there's the haves and the have-nots and the haves live in the walls and the have-nots are somewhere else and man it's so hard to talk about without giving it, it kind of sounds based like on us this, from jordan peele it's yeah uh kind of but there's mechs robots <laughs> it's like osma with mechs <laughs> yep so take that and put it with mechs and mm. it's it's pretty close yeah i'd say that's close but um, you'll, I think you will like it because it's one where on the surface you look at it and go, okay, I can see what this is about on the surface. But if you give it a little bit of thought, there's a lot of deeper meaning and deeper themes within the show. So 
based on what you're telling me, I'm, I'm getting from you that you're someone who really likes to kind of contemplate what you're watching and, hmm. you know, look at, view some of the deeper things. And I, I think it's one that, you but I'll give you this. My favorite yeah. anime is captain Tsubasa. Hmm. Also one I have not, <laughs> it's have about not soccer. Seen. So there you go. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. We haven't done a sports anime and they're huge. No, there's a basketball one that is ridiculous. There's Yuri on Ice, which is mm. real big. That we were we going to do done, um, but... the boxing one. Mega Glow. Yep. yep. Soon. Yep. Mega Low Box. Excellent. If anyone likes Rocky, if you like the movie Rocky, you need to watch Mega Low Box. For sure. I feel like everyone likes the movie Rocky. Come on. Well, I don't know. Someone might be weird. You never. Someone know. might be wrong. <laughs> yeah. But I think we reached the point where we we're gonna give our ratings to the movie. You were talking about your name. I don't okay. know if anyone forgot. Oh yeah. I I said I gave it a seven out of ten, which I think it's okay. fair in my opinion. I I enjoyed it, but it's very messy sometimes. And mm-hmm. on a smaller point, the shadows on the people look a little weird to me. But besides that, it's man. That's something you have to get used to with anime. There will be in every in every show or movie we've watched. It's like, why is there a line on their nose, or what are those circles under the eyes, or what is this line supposed to be describing? There's something in most of them, and that all goes away with time. Yeah, and eventually (laughs) you learn to appreciate it more than be like, what? There's only one which was Dota on Netflix where they did nose triangles really obtuse. Like it was a huge triangle out to the middle of their face where I just I couldn't see that. <laughs> the rest of it you kind of you learn to look at and, and kind of enjoy the different art styles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I gave the movie an eight out of ten. Um, I didn't really have as many I, I guess I could overlook the problems that maybe G couldn't. Mm. But um I also really liked the concept of like when the grandmother finds out that it's not her granddaughter inside of her granddaughter's body. She's like, oh, I kind of Mm -hmm. vaguely remember like my time where I also woke up and had strange dreams and my daughter woke up and had strange dreams. And it's like a a generational type thing. I feel like that would be a cool concept. Their names are generational too, from what I can tell. I think... The one we follow, her name is like third something, third leaf or something like that. The translation. And the younger kid is the fourth leaf. Hmm. So the the names are generational and they kind of imply that it's a family thing. Yeah. Yeah, because the dad on the other side, the mayor or whatever, he figures it out too, right? There's a point where he's like, hey, who are you? Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cool that they picked up on that. And it, it really opens up a it a lot to your imagination of okay what is going on in these families yeah just those couple of moments yeah it's a good pickup and it makes sense that they kind of forget over time like you do with a dream i think it was supposed to be that that's happening in a dream and you forget over time i would give this i would give it probably if you do halves i would probably go eight and a half but if i had to choose i would probably go nine good so it's a nine (laughs) merv tries to do that he'd be like i'm gonna give it a the, no. I'll give it an eight point so two five seven one. Exactly. <laughs> Very we go hard. 8, like 8. we won't even allow. We do five, and we will not allow a three. Yeah. So like you have to commit. <laughs> Either you liked it or you did it. Um. So anyway, sorry, Merv. Were you gonna say more nope. stuff about your rating? No, that was all. That's it. I just really liked it. 
I enjoyed it too, but I went through a journey to like it. So at first I was like, this is pretty good. Maybe a little bit too much slice of life at the yeah. beginning, but it's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. I'm like with G, I'm like, this is like a seven, right? Then we get to the middle part and it gets real kind of convoluted and there's all those plot holes where, you know, how did you find the school or, you know, how did you not know it was a three-year difference or all of these weird things. And it, it gets very muddy. And then at the end, I really like the end. So to me, I land with Kate. I'm at eight. I land with Kate. I'm at eight. That's great <laughs> because all of that rhymed, which is amazing. And uh, so, yeah, that's where I land. I, I enjoyed it. And from an anime movie, which it's it's often a, can be tough to find anime movies that are real memorable. Um, I think it's one that'll stick with me for sure. I must say I've seen the Garden of Words from the same director, and I really love that mm -hmm. one. So I'll recommend that to the people that haven't seen his smaller work. And I think the the Italian restaurant where they work is called the Garden of Words in Italian. So. He has a little bit, a little Easter egg of a callback. Yeah, Easter good egg. Catch. Oh, I would have cool. never caught that. It's a good catch. I was too busy laughing at how the girl was even impressed she got to go to a cafe because their cafe in town was a vending machine with a park bench next to it. <laughs> yeah. So she was all excited about going to the cafe and then spent all the guy's money. So he had to work more shifts. And she's like, "Why do you work so much?" And he's like, "Cause you spend so much money at the cafe." So I was too busy laughing at that to notice that uh that amazing that amazing pickup. Nice attention to detail. I agree. Did you uh have either of you guys seen that they are trying to work on a live action adaptation? To Hollywood your name? adaptation. It never works. Yeah. yeah. Mm -mm. It never If it's not gonna work though, this would be the movie that it would work with. It's more uh, yeah, human. It is a little bit more human and a little yeah. bit more accessible than like I don't know the the what was it Cowboy Bebop that got mm. a live action remake and mm -hmm. that yeah, bombed. I, I was thinking watch Cowboy Bebop though the animated the animated Cowboy Bebop is is definitely worth watching. Yeah, don't worry about the live action one. Just yeah. watch the <laughs> even it, look. That's a great one too. Mer just did a video on this. Like, hey, watch these anime if you're just getting into it. And Cowboy Bebop is a very accessible anime to new folks to anime. So don't even worry about the live action. You can find the anime on Netflix as well, dubbed. And uh, it's, to me, a better adventure or series of adventures. Some of them are fine. The Death Note uh, live action remake or adaptation is, I would say, serviceable. So but I have not seen one get above serviceable. So maybe your name will be you it. Talk about the, cool. the Death Note Japanese series remake and not the movie. Talking about the movie is the movie like that the movie. was okay. starring live people was serviceable. I haven't seen it. I have no idea. Yeah, but then you get to that point where it's like, well, the live action movie is serviceable. Well, what's the point? Then just go watch the animation. Correct. Uh, it's shorter. Correct. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and it's okay, for different, fair. which is different a great point. Crowds yep. and those countries. are good points. But Death Note, after you've watched four or five anime, is a great time to get into Death Note by far one of the best without a doubt hands down amazing is death no actually that's how i got my wife into anime we sat down <laughs> and just destroyed the whole 
series and she's like i am an anime fan now. what's a good point to jump into uh evangelion oh god that's a tough one right that one's pretty dense yeah i struggle with that one myself me too um so i would say watch like a dozen and then maybe watch it because you're you know I you're dealing even, even with yet. the even with the updated animation you're dealing with still it kind of looks a little wonky compared to how the new ones look to me i'd be like don't worry about it until you've run out of stuff to watch. Maybe go watch Demon Slayer. <laughs> um, because that shows, I mean, last year, Demon Slayer, that property made $9 billion. That's crazy. In one year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They're, just, they're making a lot of money. Show. Yeah. They're doing just fine. I mean, what have, what's come out of the West that made $9 billion last year? can't think of anything fast and the furious <laughs> yeah it could be <laughs> i don't know <laughs> they got That's a ride and they got biggest. video games and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. spider-man's yeah. getting there yeah that one that could be a franchise that gets close if you take everything right in. over multiple um, years not in one year yeah 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 yep 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 i got this for uh for some for some homework when you guys finish erased Hit us up and then we'll invite you on our show. Okay. Yeah, that'd be good. To do to do a, a follow up of the sequel. The live action sequel to this one. <laughs> yes, I definitely got both of the suggestions you gave us and we will definitely check them out. Good. Yeah. This has been a great episode with great guests, so don't forget to go support them and support us. And we'll see you next week. Bye everybody. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for having us.